L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. There are so many great words in the English language. Vision. Inspiration. Temptation. Which word describes me? Which word describes you? I'm Alex Schulte, and I host the podcast called One Word Stories. I want to take local Cedar Rapidians and other Eastern Iowans and find out what word describes them right now and go back in their lives and find out how we got here. This show comes out every single Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even Google Podcasts. Oh, and if you want more... There's an exclusive post show after every single episode on LAS+. That's like one word stories plus 15 minutes. If you want to subscribe to LAS+, go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus. You'll get access to ad-free episodes of one word stories and every other LAS show, bonus content like one word stories post show, and a whole bunch more. One word stories. What's your word? L-A-S Well, hey there, you freshly engaged people. I'm talking to you. Not you. You. I know you're not talking to me, which is why I didn't respond, but then you looked at me. I'm so proud of you. I know. We talked about this, that I always step on your greeting to our lovely listeners by pretending that you're talking to me when you're really not. Which, I talked to Marnie about this. Yeah. And we both agree that it makes for some crappy audio content. <laughs> like it's, it's, not, it's not cute or endearing. It's just bad. It's just bad, huh? <laughs> huh. Well, then I have to keep doing it. Right. Right. That's the challenge that you issued to me is I have to make it better. Right. We're not giving you quality. We're giving you consistency. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Not even quantity. Right. We're very regular. Yep. That's what it is. Um, speaking of engaged people, hi, producer Jackson. Oh, hey. Oh, hey What's there. What's up? Do you yeah. know any newly engaged people? Uh, me. Oh, it's oh, you. My I did it. Congratulations. I'm was so this a Thanksgiving thing? Uh, no, it was the week before. Oh, okay. So you, so did you, did you like, uh, propose? I did. Yes. Did she? No, I did. Oh, okay. Uh, Bruce Moore, uh, whole thing. She was working uh, on the stage where we technically first met. Oh, whole deal. I would say women love to be proposed to while they're at work. Oh yeah. That's what, that's what I hear. (laughs) It's Uh, their favorite. Bruce Moore is not really work, right? It's like a special, special place. Very, very special. That's super exciting. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm very happy about it. Is this going to be your first marriage? It is. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully the only one, but we'll see. That's good. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. Um, well, Jackson, we love having you here. Thank you for being the new producer on our show. Thanks for producing the hell out of this show. Oh, thanks. I love being here producing the show. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah, keep it up. And I'll, he's proud of you. I will try. Aw. I am proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. I am too. And I'm proud of you, dear listener, for checking in for another episode of From One Dad to Another, our weekly parenting podcast about growing as parents, self-reflecting, and then a whole bunch of other nonsense, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, This show comes out every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more. The best Cedar Rapids in the country. How many other Cedar Rapids are there? I never looked. But there, I but if there are others, do you know? There is a village of Cedar Rapids that I believe is in Nebraska. Oh. So what is the difference between a city and a village? Is it just size? I think it's just size. Do you think there's like defined limits? Is it like the village in like the movie? <laughs> yes. Like an that. M Night Shyamalan. Yep, they all village. wear robes. None of them can leave <laughs> in Nebraska. Is that the one where they disappear? No, it's where they're in the village, but then, like, somebody leaves, and then they find out that they're on a road, and then there's, like, civilization just outside the woods. Oh, I thought that was The Road. Is that a different movie? No, that is the movie with Viggo Mortensen, where... Oh, that's Lord um, of the Rings. Oh, God. I'm getting those confused. <laughs> that's a post-apocalyptic one, uh, where they eat people. It's still Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I don't think there's any cannibalism okay, in Lord well, of the Rings. then I don't remember Lord of the Rings. Well, the no. orcs say that meat's back on the menu. That's true. Oh, so, good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so Nebraska. So um, LASpodcastnetwork.com. That's what I was saying. Um, and hey, if you like whatever this is, <laughs> consider subscribing to LAS Plus. Just $10 a month uh, gets you ad-free versions of this show, all of our shows on the network, tons of other great things like discounts to our live events, bonus episodes. We've got a bonus episode coming up. We do. Um, early next year. We're really mm-hmm. excited about it. Yeah, so first check of the out. year after we turn the corner on... 2021 which was supposed to be so much better than 2020 and it was kind of better i mean the bar was low though that's true <laughs> 2020 <laughs> set it real real low right and then 2021 got better right 2022 is gonna be fire high hopes high hopes uh so anyway las plus uh laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus ten dollars a month support local support creators all that good stuff hey jackson hey what so cedar rapids nebraska mm-hmm I believe it's Nebraska. It might be Kansas. Let me double check. Hmm. Okay, you double one check. One of those states to the west. Yes, one and of those. Also, do me another favor, because I, I do want to know this, and I know that there's at least two listeners out there that want to know this also. Okay. <laughs> um, this is for you. Well, when you, we set something up, we got to follow through. Yep. So look up Cedar Rapids. It is a village in Nebraska. Nebraska. Hmm. What defines a village versus a city? Like, okay. I want to know if there's specific rules. And there Jackson, has to be. Right. We're going to come back to you. Okay. Um, but we need to talk about some parenting on this show. Yeah, we should do that. We should totally do that. Um, but before we do that, mm-hmm. we haven't done this in a little bit. So let's do this now. Could we take a Marlo moment? Just a moment for Marlo. Just Marlowe? a moment for Marlo. I think that's fantastic. We should do that because it has been a while. Perfect. I was going to tell Is you to pull one? it up, but you nailed it. Thanks. You were on it like a pro. Look at him listening. Awesome. Taking cues. Well done. Um, I have a baby. You do. Yes. And how is she doing? She's doing really well. She's actually really well. Yeah. Um, she is often sleeping through the night. Maybe she'll wake up once, but she's doing really well in that regard. She. That's always what people ask about first. Like, are you sleeping yeah. at night? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. There's there's sleep happening. You can go sleep. She sleeps a lot like Marnie, which is. She'll go to bed late, like mm-hmm. midnight-ish. Yeah. But then she'll sleep for just sleep until ten hours. Till whenever. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh which Marnie's, I miss those days. That's good. That's good. Now I must stay up late and then well, the sun's up. <laughs> right. I better, Time to I get, better going. get up. Time, Time to, to get, get up going. and eat my oatmeal. Um for the record, Marnie's working her ass off during the day. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Not to say she hasn't earned that sleep. 
but oh, her no, sleep cycle no. is just different than mine. No judgment. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so proud of her for being <laughs> able to sleep late. <laughs> Marnie, we're proud of you. Um, but Marlo sleeps late too, which is awesome. So uh, she's doing great there. She's growing. She's still tiny. She is. Uh, when I just saw her, she's still really little, but she's very alert. She's very she's, alert. She's she is growing. that lump of baby phase. She's starting to get a little bit of a personality. You can yep. start to see it filling in around the edges. Yep. So she is about three and a half months now, and she is now outgrowing her zero to three stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is, she's growing. Yes, she's super alert. Um, she recognizes me, which is the thing I'm most excited about That's right really, now. That's really, fun. So it's that moment where I will come home and um, they'll be on the couch and I'll come up and I'll be like, Marlo, hi. And I'll kind of put my face in front of hers. And she looks at you skeptically. She looks and like very inquisitive, like what's happening? Wide eyes, no real reaction. And then slowly that big smile the comes out. dawning realization. And she doesn't always know what a smile is. So oftentimes it's just like opening your mouth. Right. 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 <laughs> like She's just o, reacting. Like, yeah. Yay! So, but, there, but there's a reaction. Yep. And she'll 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 learn. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll get better at smiling. Don't worry. Oh, she has the best smile already. <laughs> that's great. Um, so that's all good. She's eating good. She's eating well. She's eating a lot. Yeah. Um, we were. Did we she were, gorge herself at Thanksgiving? Uh, yes. I, God, <laughs> it's just. Well, no judgment. There's no judgment on Thanksgiving. Oh no, God so, no. Um, no. But she's gonna love Thanksgiving food. Just like her mom. Just, not, just like not like her dad. Not like me. Because <laughs> uh, gross. And But yeah, she's she's eating well. It's, it's yeah, all good things. The problem this week, because there's always something. You're always on to the next yep. thing. There's always the a problem but. or the obstacle. Um, the problem this week is we're not pooping as regularly. Uh, when you say we, you mean her. Oh, I'm very regular. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Very> good. <laughs> I know you good. wanted to know. I did. That's what I was digging for. I'm in good shape. Um, she is not. Mm. So she'll now go one or two days without pooping. Yeah, and you're like, hmm, is there something on TikTok I can learn to like <laughs> bicycle kick her legs to make her poop? I have tried just holding her upside down and shaking her, but right. I was told it not doesn't to do work. that. <laughs> they were like, no, 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 no. Don't shake the baby. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I... She will get more and more uncomfortable. Do you do that, like, massage her belly kind of thing? I have done some belly rubbing. Yeah. Um, I have done some leg moving, and she likes mm-hmm. that. You know, she's she's getting the gas out. Yeah. Right? Just got to just gotta move the other stuff. Right. So um, we just need to get a little more regular in that regard, because um, mm-hmm. that will lead to some really upset screaming. <laughs> Yo, I'm sure. I think constipation is just, just bad all around. Doesn't matter how old you are. I can't think of... I don't think I've been like truly constipated in adult life. That's where this episode is now. Sorry, I, everybody. I actually don't. I don't know. I guess I don't have any specific memory of being like, oh my god. I bring that I up because go to the doctor. Right. I know that's something that people struggle with. Yeah. But yeah. I have never had that problem. No. Me either. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a future guest that's we're gonna fun. have on this show. <laughs> we're gonna have to explore that. Poop talk. Long story short. Marlo is doing great. Marnie is doing great. Marnie is killing it. Yeah. Um she's she's done it before and then she it's just like riding a bicycle. 
She, I did ask her the other day, like how Marlo is comparing to mm-hmm. Liam, and she was like, "Honestly, I don't remember." Yeah, like it was all a blur for her in those, sure. you know, in the beginning times for Liam. And she's pretty and... focused on what she's doing now, so right. it's kind of like I can't even think about that now. Right, uh, I have but to feed this child every once in a while. Something will pop up, and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, Liam. You know, apparently Liam was very good too. Yeah, uh, when he was younger. So that's great." And uh, um, Marlo is, she said. Marlo is a little more vocal about her needs. Mm. Um, Which is good. I don't think that's a bad thing. Except that sometimes it can be a little annoying, right? Yeah. I mean, you ha- you obviously, you want to, you know, give give the kid, you know, you, you want them to tell you what they need. But sometimes you're like, you okay, I get it. Right. Annoying isn't even the right word. The right word is um, painful. <laughs> Because okay, I get that. Not only do you love this tiny thing and you uh-huh. want to help it feel better, yeah. But also, it is screaming mm-hmm. so loudly in your ear that you're hearing overtones and you can't see straight. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's she's at the point where she is so loud. Yeah, and and also you can't tell them to stop because they don't know what you're saying. <laughs> right. You're like just quit. And, <laughs> and get then they over just it. Keep, they just keep screaming. God, baby. I, I mean, it. I do remember that. I remember having those times when, uh, especially my oldest, uh, would just scream and scream and scream and cry and and all this stuff. And I would just hold her up, and I'm like, I don't know what you want. Yeah. And I would be crying because I was so frustrated. Um, but that inability to communicate uh, can be frustrating, right? Uh, especially because you're like, I want to help you, and I can't. Yeah. And it makes me sad. We are. One last thing, and then I think we'll step out of our moment into our regular episode, but I do want to shout out Marnie one last time, and the reason why is because we're at that phase where I'm off working, Mm -hmm. and Marlo needs more attention. Constant, yeah. Because she's needy, because she's she's not pooping, so she's uncomfortable, and she's screaming, and she needs something. She needs comfort. She always needs right now mm-hmm. um she will step into that next phase at least from what i understand yeah where she'll be more okay being mm-hmm. you know she'll be on her own and then she she'll can... get a driver's license and you won't see her and anymore. then she's gone right yeah. then she's out of the house get yeah so don't here. rush it along right <laughs> um but marnie is the one that that really has to be available for mm-hmm. the needs of her and our family on a, a really consistent basis. Yeah. Um, but she's really taking it in stride and she's doing a fantastic job. That's awesome. So, um, so I thank her for that and, uh, love every minute of Marlo. Super lucky to come home and, and see those girls. Oh, that was a good Marlo moment. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't had it in a while. We just sort of like took the ball and ran right from the get-go, and then we haven't done it. Well, uh, I mean, recapping, we had a couple of fantastic guests mm-hmm. on the show, so we really got to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, Anna McLean from Lionbridge, we already love. That was love. a fun episode, yeah. Great episode. Um, our good friend Joe Link yeah. came on the show. Mm-hmm. Joe's thought about, by the way, side note, um, Joe said something about the first time that you realize that doing an assignment doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Like if you turn it in, right, that it's not gonna. What's really gonna affect. happen? Yeah. Um, Have you been thinking of that? I've a been whole thinking lot? about it a lot because that's something I had already thought about. Mm-hmm. Like I did have a moment where I realized like this isn't as important as I've always thought it was. Yeah. Right, and then I can just kind of, I'll start procrastinating. I'll start putting things off. Did I, it let you? It let you relax. Probably or too forced much. you to relax too much. Too much, right? Like I started to get away with things. I started to behave differently. Sure. 
I think that was a maturing moment for me, but not necessarily in the best way. I would say it was an immaturing moment for you. Kind of. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I don't know. It That really stuck with me. Mm. And I keep meaning to message Joe and say, hey, that really stuck with me because you nailed something that I think is integral to personal development. Yeah. That's everybody goes through at some point, mm-hmm. but I've just never really thought of before. Yeah. It just it really stuck with me. It's it's still in my head to this day. Well, speaking of Joe, I actually wanted to just kind of throw this out here because I saw on Facebook that Joe posted this earlier. Um, yeah. He does this occasionally. So Joe, as a as an educator and a theater educator at a um, Jefferson High School. Oh yes, um, please shout this the, out. Uh, so they have this thing uh, which is uh, the ghost light. So in the theater, there is this tradition: uh, you leave a single light bulb shining. Uh, on stage as an invitation to the spirits of past actors to perform again. And so one of the things that they do um, at Jefferson is um, if you can't go to a show, you can actually purchase a ticket, uh, this ghost light ticket. Uh, and, um, and then what happens is the teachers at Jefferson will gift these tickets to uh, exceptional students right. who might otherwise not attend or not be able to attend. Um, so if that is something that you're interested in supporting, they are, they have a show this week, uh, weekend, the second, third, and fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, look up the Jefferson high school, uh, theater, uh, department, uh, website and purchase a ticket. If you can go, that's awesome. If you can't go purchase a ghost light ticket, I purchased two of them right before the show started. So I would encourage oh, people to, uh, to do that as well. And that was just kind of a shout out to Joe because he's a fantastic educator, a uh, great mentor to a lot of uh, young folks in the community. So What a great program, though. It is. It's really fantastic. I, I love that idea. So, um, so yes, please consider supporting that. Um, we love Joe. So we'll definitely have Joe back on at some point in the future yeah. as well. Uh, so I feel like we have more to talk about. Yeah. We had a Thanksgiving episode, too. We did. How was your Thanksgiving? It was awesome. It was, uh, it was like... Uh, last year's Thanksgiving that didn't get to happen. We yeah. talked about that, how COVID had shut it down last year because of uh, things, because of, um, uh, you know, we just safety concerns. So we didn't get together. Um, but this year we did. We had uh, had folks who were vaccinated and past quarantined and all of that. So I think we had 17 people at the house. So it was a big to-do. And uh, it was wonderful. Uh, there was there was no drama. There was great food. It was uh it was really really uh fantastic. How about yours? It was really lovely actually. Um, I did not work for a few days. Which <laughs> how did that feel? Um, it felt great, and then it felt stressful. Yeah, because you can start to feel the things in the back of your head. Like, I did the I did the same thing. I gave myself a day. Yeah, and then I started to kind of freak out a little bit about the things that I didn't do that day. Well, and one thing that I. I realized, and I think this is actually a little bit of a parenting thing because I am, I'm leading a team and our team is so close that mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like a family and I feel a little bit like the parent sometimes. Yeah. If I don't. Don't, don't spank them though. Well. Unless right. they ask you. Consent is Consensually. Important. Consensually. Yep. Um, <laughs> if I don't do what I need to do in a timely manner. Mm-hmm they cannot do what they need to do in a timely manner, right? And I am not setting them up for success. And I think that applies to the family dynamic as well, just as a side note, that um, when I do not hold up my end of the deal, 
uh, whatever that is, whether it's just taking care of the house or paying the bills or whatever my role is within the family at that time, um, or even just how I interact and prioritize my children, Mm -hmm. they cannot succeed in their roles. Right. Well, we can't expect success from our kids when we don't give them the tools that they need or model the behavior that we would like to see. Right. 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 So, yeah. So something I kind of was thinking about. There's some parallels. Yeah. Oh, Business parenting. (laughs) No, I don't think you can combine those two things together. Parentness? No, that's not it. I mean, I think that's actually just a word. Yeah, we'll workshop it. That's what we're going to call this podcast. Well, uh, believe it or not, we do have something to talk about on this show. What? Um, But I'm going to set it up to go into the second half of the episode. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're already there. God. We've had a great time talking. We have just we've just blabbered on. It's a fun casual like episode. monkeys in a tree. I think that's what they do. They blabber. <laughs> I mean, I'm no zoologist. I was just gonna let it sit there. I'm in no silence. monkeyologist. <laughs> uh, we recapped the previous few episodes, but believe it or not, Halloween was not that long ago. That's right. And we had a great Halloween episode. We talked a lot about. You know, being open to new experiences and, and mm-hmm. how that ties into holidays and family and all that. But you mentioned a story mm-hmm. in relation to Halloween and, and candy in particular. Um, and we discovered something, some deep, dark, locked away secret that I thought maybe I had. Something from your childhood, something from your past. <laughs> and you were going to go find out more about it. Yeah, I had, a, I had homework to do and it took me a long time to do it because that's that's me. But you did it. I did it. I did. So my we homework. know the answer. Yeah. So if you know what I'm talking about, then stick around because you're <laughs> gonna finally get the answer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, stick around because we're gonna explain it to you. We're gonna. Uh, but for now, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna check in with some sponsors. When we come back, we're gonna hear Tim's mystery story and get the answers we need, and then we're gonna have a great conversation uh, about stranger danger. Yeah. Afterwards. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Let's do it. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Hey, I'm Sarah Van Cleave, a biracial single mom adoptee raised by an all-white family. And I'm Caleb Scales, a proud gay man, restaurant savant, who will make the best flipping margarita you've ever had. And this is Othered, a podcast for those who feel different. Each episode, we'll be having conversations about racism, homophobia, holistic health, drinking, sex, drugs, yoga, 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 yoga. Yoga? Yogurt. (laughs) This podcast comes out every Thursday for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want bonus episodes, ad-free listening, discounts at our live events, and exclusive access to merch, then subscribe to LAS Plus. Go to LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus to get started. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Sarah. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Kayla. Oh my God, I love that for us. I feel like I'm trying too hard now. You are, but I like it. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Caleb. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> L-A-S. We should say each other's names instead to throw everybody off. Oh, that's a great idea for the trailer. All right, here we go. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Shane. Oh, my God. You guys really are doing it, aren't you? <laughs> All right, I'm Jeremy. I'm Mike. What, you're still doing the false names thing? I feel like we already have a trailer going right now. This is like a fourth grade elementary school joke. Hey, everybody. I'm Shane, Mike, and Jeremy. And I'm... Oh, wait a minute. 
Hey, I'm Shane. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Mike. And this is the Groove Live Podcast. We're talking all things groove. Music. Food. Friends. Beer, even. All of it. Whatever brings groove into your life. How about like a tattoo artist? Would that be kind of groovy? I I would file that under groove. Construction projects. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Here's the thing. We have a lot of friends in a lot of different avenues and a lot of different lifestyles, which means that we have a lot of cool resources to pull from of cool people that have cool stories. Every day, you get out of bed. What makes you feel alive? You know, what makes you want to own the day? Coffee. Rock music. Pokemon. Construction projects. (laughs) And you'll hear it all right here on the Groove Life Podcast. The Groove Life Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. New episodes release every second and fourth Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and get started, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Hey guys, we're going to have a blast. Can't wait to see you guys on the Groove Life Podcast. We can't wait to groove with you. Now that sounds dumb. LAS. Welcome on back, partner. Oh, was that for me? No. Oh, man. It's never for you. Misreading the signals again. (laughs) You were looking so deep into my eyes. I was. It was actually a very intimate moment. It was. It was great. And then I ruined it by opening my mouth. Partner. (laughs) That was Uh, good. Before we left for our mid-roll break, I was teasing up a story for you. Yeah. Um, how, how do you want to jump into this? So I want to ask you so that okay. I don't, I don't color it by pretending I said something that I did not say. Cause okay. now that I have the story, what do you remember me telling you as, because, cause what was happening, we were talking about candy. There was something in there about why I like candy or I, why I had, why candy was so important to me. And then Alex made the joke that there must've been something in my past about candy. And then I remembered you had one of those experiences where you remember something in real time. In real time, and what do you what do you remember me saying about that? Your face like blew up, it and did, you were yeah. you were stunned, and I was surprised. I was shocked. All I remember, because I actually don't really remember it, I didn't go back and listen, but all I remember you saying was that you stole candy from a candy mm-hmm. store, mm-hmm. and then, but apparently you ate like a ton of it. Uh huh. And they held you in the back, like you thought, like you were arrested uh-huh. or something like that. And they held you in the back, and then your parents had to come get you. Yep. And you couldn't remember if that was actually a real right. I couldn't thing remember if that was a real memory. Yeah. So, what'd you I, find out? So I asked my parents, and I had them both. They were on speakerphone, and I was like, "Okay, so we." I was remembering this thing. I don't know if it's real or not. When I was little, did I get arrested for eating a whole lot of candy? Which is dumb. And my mom said. Well, yes, so, <laughs> but I wasn't actually arrested. So here's here's actually what what happened. Um, there was a girl. So there was oh. a girl in the oh. neighborhood. We think her name was Bernadette. That's kind of what I remember. My parents were like, that, that, I think that sounds right. And she was apparently a bully. Oh. She was she was a wild child. So there are lots of stories. Apparently, at some point, I punched her in the stomach when she was like picking on all the neighborhood kids at the playground. But before that. Uh, this sounds very similar. I definitely had similar experiences with a, a 
a girl in my neighborhood or at my school being a bully, I think I punched her in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's just sort of like a rite of passage. <laughs> or something. <laughs> but anyway, so apparently before that, before we were, I don't know, mortal enemies, we were apparently really good friends. Or, now let's keep in mind ages. I was less than seven years old. Okay. And she was older than me, probably by a couple of years. She might have been a third grader, like older woman. Okay. Right? Super influential. And um, apparently she told me, hey, I know a place where we can get lots of candy and eat it all for free. And I said, okay. And I went with her. And so we went to a store. So on a military base, we have the what we call the exchange, which is kind of imagine it's like a target. But then we also have like a convenience store kind of thing where, you know, we call it the shopette. Well, apparently Bernadette and I went to the shopette. And we just started eating candy. And then my parents got a call from the police that... Uh, from like the legitimate from police? From like the, the base police, the military police, or but security sure. forces, or security police, I guess what they were called at that time. A police equivalent. Saying that y- your son is here and is just stealing and eating candy. And they took me to the security office. So what I remembered about like being in a holding room with a, like a two-way mirror yeah. was probably pretty real. Um, so my parents came to get me and apparently this girl had said, let's go, let's go eat candy. And I told them, I'm like, well, this girl said that I was allowed to eat all of this candy. Um, now I was like five or six. Okay. I asked how far away was this place from the house? It was two miles away from the house. Wow. They couldn't remember if I rode my big wheel or if we walked. (laughs) Um, but apparently two miles away, this girl was just like, Hey, come on. Younger kid, let's go to this store and steal and eat all this candy. And I said, okay. So I did. So I followed Bernadette to the store, and we just ate candy until we got sort of arrested. And uh, my parents had to come pick me up. So that memory was actually real, which I buried for 43 years. Wow. Or not 43 years, I guess 30-something years. But um but yeah, and apparently that wasn't the only time, it was the only time I stole candy, but it wasn't the only time that I wandered off. I used to apparently ride my big wheel all over the place. <laughs> do you remember what a big wheel is? Do you do you remember that? That's like the sitting three-wheel yep. thing, right? Yep, with a big wheel Plastic up front. And, yeah. Yep, and you if you if you pedal really fast, you can like wear holes in your wheel and then it's it's it, anyway. Um, <laughs> but apparently the police would sometimes arrive back at my house with my big wheel in the back of their truck because I had ridden my big wheel off into another housing area way far away. So anyway, so I did sort of get arrested uh, and questioned uh, for stealing candy. But but as I was talking to my parents about it, we started talking about this idea that apparently I just used to just go away. Mm -hmm. I would would explore. I've, I've long been an explorer. And I would go miles away from my house when I was five or six years old. Um, the first time I ever wandered off, apparently I was two and we were in England. We were at a Woolworths and my mom bent over to give my brother a bottle and I walked off and she couldn't find me for an hour and they had to call the police and they found me outside talking to a man who was putting up Christmas decorations. Because I was just curious. And apparently then she, she did all these other stories about how I just used to like run away. Like I was just always going places. I was always curious, but I also had apparently no fear 
of strangers. Interesting. Um, I, and I apparently didn't have any fear of anything, I guess. Uh, I have memories of my own about just riding my bike off into the desert and catching snakes and disappearing, but they could not take their eyes off of me or let go of my hand in public because I would just disappear. I wanted to go experience something new. So I did get arrested for stealing and eating candy. Uh, but I also apparently just used to try and run away all the time. Not because I was trying to get away, but because I was trying to figure out what was just over the horizon. Um, I have, okay, I have questions and thoughts. Yep. The first thought is, that doesn't surprise me about you at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You are an adventurous soul. You're always seeking out the next thing. You're... And I didn't realize how far back that went. Sure. That is inherently <laughs> a part of you, we found out. Um, two... Did your parents have to, like, pay for that candy? How did that work out? Do you know? You know, that's a question that I didn't ask. That's apparently uh, future homework. Uh, my, I suspect that they did. Uh, I don't know Something how Something would much, have to be done, right? But, I mean, it was like, this would have been 1981 or 82. So candy probably didn't cost that much back then. Got it. Okay. Um, but, right. yeah, I'm sure they, they did. And, honestly, how much candy could a six-year-old eat before he got sick? So it probably wasn't actually that much candy. I don't know. I feel like it could be a surprising amount. Jackson agrees. A lot of candy. Well, yeah. okay. But also, in the store, apparently I also wasn't hiding it. I was just, like, standing there opening candy and just eating it <laughs> because it was all there on the rack. And she said it was okay. And she said it was okay. Bernadette said it was okay. Well, if Bernie says it, you know. But apparently she was steering me wrong. Yeah. And then when she became a bully and started picking on all the neighborhood kids, and I can't remember if she, like punched my brother or if she kicked another kid or something but i came to their defense and punched her in the stomach wow and then her mom came to the house and got into a big shouting match with my mom and then my dad went down to her house and got into a big shouting match with her dad wow uh my, my as my mom said she's like i was i was kind of wild and confrontational back then uh, so apparently it was a it was a big to do in the in the housing area in the neighborhood. <laughs> Troublemaker. I know, yeah. I know. But I was I said, so what you're saying is Bernadette was awful and I was a perfect angel. And she said, <laughs> no, right, yeah. So anyway, so that was the story. But what it made me think of, apparently I didn't have any fear of strangers, and this was at a time in um you know, like. Post serial killer, you know, seventies Ted Bundy stuff, you know, all this. Where everywhere you went, people were afraid of strangers. People were afraid of kids getting kidnapped, right. all that other stuff. And I apparently did not internalize that at all. So we've talked about this a little bit before. We've yeah. touched on it, but we haven't really gone deep into it. Mm -hmm. um, you were on a military base, yes, and you grew up on bases. Correct. Um, for, for the most part, with very few exceptions, yes. Sure. Do you feel like that played into your sense of safety? Was the environment in a military base different? Um, looking back, I know that it was a more controlled, safer environment. At the time, though, I don't think I ever, until maybe I was still was older, I don't think I ever thought like, oh, it's okay. Right. I'm on base. I can get away with it. I think that for the longest time, it just didn't really actually register with me that I could be in danger. Do you think that your parents ever prioritized educating you on the danger of strangers? Um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I feel like we had those conversations. I think it was in one ear and out the other. But also, I remember very clearly we talked about it in school. It wasn't that I wasn't exposed to the information that strangers were dangerous. It was I think that I just my curiosity about what was happening in the world around me and my desire to sort of wave off any perceived danger uh, in favor of just my curiosity. I think that was actually kind of what was driving me when I was, when I was younger. So my parents, you know, in trying to sort of, I don't know, control those impulses or educate me or scare me or whatever it was that they were trying to do just kind of fell on deaf ears for me. And, um, I have sort of similar memories to when my kids were younger. Uh, I mean, they were all, they were all very, very different, but I, I remember that frustration of trying to kind of teach my kids about things that they should be wary of or scared, scared of to mix success because they, because basically kids are their own people. Sure. Right. Despite our best efforts, they have their own opinions. What was your like memories of that uh, kind of that idea of stranger danger when you were growing up? Yeah. Cause I, I was going to tie in mine with your kids because this is one of those instances where I am closer to age yeah. to your children than I am to you sometimes. Right. Um, so like your oldest and me are not very far apart in age. Not far away at all, no. Um, so for me, at least from what I can remember, I would go outside and play with neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not in the best part of town. We were not in the worst part of town. Like It was mm-hmm. very... Very average place. Um, we didn't necessarily know all the neighbors. It was not the yeah. kind of situation. But I also never went farther than a few blocks away. Mm. And I grew up in a city. Um, and you grew up in Dubuque, right? I grew up in Dubuque. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know what influenced what. I don't necessarily remember any conversations with my parents or my family about the danger of strangers. I'm sure it came mm-hmm. up. But I don't remember it being drilled into me. Yeah. It was just the truth. Sure. Right. Like it was just the understood fact that like um, I'm okay in a group. I'm okay if I'm a few blocks away. I wouldn't go farther. Yeah. Right. And that was like I, I feel like for the most part I ingrained that in myself. I would myself. say that was an internally driven sort of decision-making process for you, you think? Well, and I don't know if it's it's school or if it's just society. Like, I just yeah. picked that up that, like, I should not go farther, hmm. right? I should not do that. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't really go in people's houses. I didn't really do that unless I knew them. Yeah. Um, I did. I went in other people's houses, but I always knew them before I went in. I didn't yeah. You know, went anywhere, and I think a lot of that stuff I in, internalized. I think maybe my my risk calculations were just different, sure. maybe than a lot of other kids, um, and even as an adult, you know, I, I, there's there's an element of that. There are things that uh, I am maybe less scared of than I probably should be. Sure, um, but also, you know, the other the the opposite is is true. But I guess I've always that risk calculations. I do, I'm not terribly risk averse i may be you know i'm sometimes guilty of of you know risky behavior maybe that's a and that's always i think been a thing uh tying it back to bernadette said it was okay i've also been very impressionable i was always kind of willing to go along when other people said hey let's do this yeah there was an element of hey this is an adventure so let's do that 
Right. And despite my parents' best efforts, you know, they couldn't always squash that. Uh, not that they needed to squash my sense of adventure, but there were there were times when, to my detriment, I would or I would put, unnecessarily put myself at risk. And I don't think that comes from anything other than it was just something in my head. I wasn't I wasn't fighting against a thing. It was just my curiosity always got the best of me. And it still kind of does sometimes. I, I'm listening to you talk about this, and, and I'm thinking to myself that I was a very safe kid. Yeah. Um, I was a very protected kid. I, so even as I got older, did not go out. I didn't sneak out. I didn't really – I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of those types of stories. Sure. Um, those types of adventures because I just didn't have them. Yeah. I did other things. I was really involved in extracurriculars and structured yeah. things and places where – I was always safe. I was always with a parental guardian mm-hmm. uh, or, or a, you know, a, um, a teacher or something like that, right? Or a group of people. Like, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't have those experiences. Well, and, you know, like tying it back to parenting and that, uh, you know, the, the idea that kids are their own people. Yeah. Um, that, you know, even within the same household, my brother and I are very different when it comes to aversity to risk. Um, is that the right? Aversity? Adversity, yeah, at but not adversity though, because you are you are averse. I am averse. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Now I know what you Um, mean. Averse, but Matthew and I are very different in that. He is a much more careful person uh, in a lot of ways than I am, and always has been. And we grew up in the exact same house, Um, and there are risks that I would take that he would never take. But his life experiences were very different than mine. Yeah, even though we grew up together. you know, I I was always curious about everything. I go down to the playground and I would climb up to the top of the the t- very tippy top of the tallest tower on the playground and wonder if I jump off, am I going to get hurt? So what I would do is I would do it very scientifically. I would climb down about halfway and then I would jump off and figure out if I got hurt. And if I didn't get hurt, then I'd climb up a little higher. But eventually, I would climb up high enough to where I got hurt and then I got the answer to uh, I got a sprained ankle for my efforts, but I, at least then I figured out, I, I satisfied that curiosity. That was not something that I saw with lots of people. You ever do that, Jackson? You just climb to the top of a giant tower and think to yourself, I wonder what death is like. Uh, no. Well, I wasn't thinking about death. I <laughs> no. wasn't even really thinking. I was thinking about, hey, a sprained ankle might be worth it. I wonder what Satan has to say today. <laughs> I can climb up onto this tower and I can jump over there and I can grab those tree branches and I can kind of treat it like a vine, right? And And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And if my parents had been there, they would have told me not to do it. But because I kept running away, I just would do it. And, you know, so, but it also, as a parent, it makes me wonder, you know, what, when the kids aren't around me, what is their personal, you know, risk calculation? You know, I, and I don't know. Uh, and, none of, and we never know, I think, as parents. Like, what's going on inside a kid's head? We don't know until they do a thing. And we can figure out what we can ask them why they did something. I wonder if a little bit of this goes back to the Joe Link quote that we talked about in the first half of the show. Mm -hmm. So Joe said something along the paraphrasing, but something along the lines of uh, when was the first time that you decided that doing an assignment didn't matter? Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, I didn't do that until much later on, like mid high school ish um where i really started to not Mm -hmm. you know care as much i always did my stuff but like i right 
I was, we're, we're lucky. You I'm were here. much more controlled prior to that. Yeah. And I think that was true for me as a kid also. And so even when my parents weren't around, even when, you know, I, I was out on the street with friends and I, I could have just gone and had an adventure a mile away or two mm-hmm. miles away, or I could have stole something or I could have done whatever. Yeah. I didn't do those things because I just understood that I shouldn't. Hmm. Right. And then later on, about the time that I got a car right. <laughs> and started to do other things, um, that's when I started to break out of some of those And is it because molds? at that point you think you started to ask yourself why shouldn't you? No, I don't think it was ever anything so conscious. Oh, okay. I, I mean, honestly, yeah. I think it was just like a, like, oh, I can do this. Hmm. Right? Like, oh, I can just go to the store and buy a box of Butterfingers <laughs> right. and, and eat them all. Right. Right, and I can drive around in my car, and I can I can skip going to karate because I drive myself there. Right, and I don't have to go in. I can just drive around and do nothing for an hour. Yeah, right, and that's my that's and my. And you time. can't undo that either. Like once you know that, yep, you you can't go back. Right, and I don't know. So as a as a parent, as you're thinking about, well, I mean, Liam as a coming up as a as a teenager yeah right and you know marlo's way far away from that but it'll eventually happen right as you're thinking about a parent and think about trying to manage that how do you manage that curiosity or that how do you maybe hope hopefully influence those risk calculations that they they take I mean, what's the strategy there? I mean, I think my initial reaction, because I am thinking about Liam and I'm thinking about the conversations that Marnie and I have about parenting, what I think it comes down to is less you telling them don't do this Mm -hmm. and more, at least for us, communicating why. Yeah. Like, it's Liam has a very mature understanding of a lot of things. Yeah. We don't hide a whole lot from Liam. Liam's very knowledgeable. Um, Liam has a deeper understanding of how things work than maybe a normal yeah. preteen would. Um, but that communication with him, educating him to understand the workings of the world, yeah, hopefully can help him make informed decisions when he comes across those things. Yeah. Right. And so bringing it all back around to, you know, quote unquote, stranger danger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not that strangers are bad. Mm-hmm. It's not that putting yourself in an environment um, where there are strangers around, where you are in a less safe space, where you're unprotected is bad, mm-hmm. right? But you need to be aware of who you are. Yeah. You need to be aware of where your safe places are, how you can contact safety. Like you need to have an understanding of X, Y, and Z. And that's where the responsibility of being a parent comes in and trying right. to give the kids the tools that they would need to know those things. Right. 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 So making sure that Liam understands how he can be safe at all times, making sure he understands how to assess a situation, if he feels unsafe, if he mm-hmm. feels like it's something he shouldn't be doing, he can assess whether it's appropriate for him or not. Yeah. Um, like that hopefully ends up being empowering rather than limiting. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, don't do this, mm-hmm. because some for a lot of kids, that just motivates them to go do it or oh, yeah. go try yeah. it or try to break out of those things. Um, because they have to know. Yeah. Um, it instead empowers them to say, I already know what this is. I can make the decision. Well, and there is that element of satisfying a curiosity. You can satisfy a curiosity by experiencing something, or you can satisfy a curiosity by finding out about something. Right. Right. If, if all you know is that you don't know about 
the thing, but you're told that you shouldn't know about it. You shouldn't experience something. You shouldn't do something that doesn't satisfy any kind of curiosity. And so for kids who are like I was, the idea of, well, if I don't know something, I'm going to find out. Right. Right. I'm going to go out and do it. And if I get hurt, then well, at least now I know. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm lucky that I was, you know, never kidnapped or, or something like that. And right. certainly there were times when I worried about my own kids um, and, you know, tried to do that. I tried, tried to teach them about, you know, don't talk to strangers and uh, don't, you know, listen to Bernadette. Um, don't do any of those things. Um, but ultimately it was kind of driven by, you know, the lessons that they learned in the way that they learned them. Yep. And also there's an element of luck. You know, they, they hopefully never got, you know, faced with a situation where they were actually put in that kind of danger. And so that's, that's also a thing, you know, there's, there's the decisions you make as a person or as a child, but then there's also the decisions that other people or adults make uh, that can negatively impact you. So it's, it's all about, I think, having the tools to deal with those uh, situations. So, Sure. And, and I love that, that educating them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so that's our job, our responsibility to make sure they are prepared for those things because that's how they will learn. They will have those experiences and yeah. they will come up against those situations. Well, it's a thing we want to do, but it's also a thing that we should do and right. have to do and right. have a responsibility to do. Right. Even even if you're a person who um, treats your children like like a human being that doesn't just need to be told what to do, but you know, you can engage in and you can, you can, you can go back and forth and you can have a a reasonable conversation about it. It still doesn't take away the fact that you are a parent and you have a responsibility to make sure that they are safe. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a tension between those two things, I think. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about is fundamentally the heart of parenting as, as a job, as a responsibility. Yeah. Because it is. And, it's one that you aren't necessarily paid for in dollars, but right. that, you know, um, you have to invest a lot into. And so I think it's really difficult to always navigate those things, to understand how do we communicate effectively? How do we meet our children where they are? How do we then balance making sure they are safe and doing our responsibility and and limiting them in the appropriate ways mm-hmm. until the appropriate time, right? Yeah. Limiting those experiences or those things they are exposed to, whatever that may be. Um, but making sure they're they're prepared for them. Like this is a difficult thing to pin down. It is, especially because it uh, it relies on us as parents knowing those answers because we yeah. don't Good often. Point. Good point. Like you know we we want to steer them in the right direction, but sometimes we don't know what that right direction is, so we just kind of do our best. Yeah. We we use the information that we have available, um, and um, you know we are fallible. Um, and you know we want to we want to do the best we always want to do the best but we don't often know what's happening so the best thing we can do is let our teach our kids to think for themselves cuz maybe they can identify the thing that we couldn't and then they if they have the tools to deal with it then they can make a better decision we could sure you're totally right i mean that <laughs> we're talking about this job this responsibility our putting on them but also what we receive from them is is just equally as important that, mm-hmm. that listening to them and am with you know grown up children and um uh, and a grandkid already in the mix um i can reflect on it and i can look back on it and realize how much i learned from my kids when maybe in the in the moment i was a little bit blind 
to uh, the things that they were teaching me. So, uh, and that's, that's something that just sort of comes with, with time and reflection, I think is, you know, I'm really grateful to what my kids taught me. Um, and sometimes it was when they made dumb mistakes and sometimes it was when I made dumb mistakes and, you know, they, they navigated them correctly. So, well, I think what I'm excited about is that hopefully this show can serve as a vehicle and a space for not just us, but for others listening to learn about these things. Let's, yeah. let's learn together. Let's self-analyze together. Let's figure out how to navigate these difficult, tricky things, mm-hmm. these balances, these conversations together. You know, I, I love that about what this is. Yeah. Well, and we started talking about stranger danger, but really that idea is just one of the many things that we as parents and, and children have to kind of, it's, it, it's just one thing that we have to deal with amongst a whole lot of other things too. There are lots of dangers out there to, yeah. to our kids. There are lots of dangers out there that we are concerned about. Um, and if we're, you know, that sometimes that feels like kind of a heavy lift to, to figure out, to feel like we're addressing all of them appropriately or, um, uh, but, um, you know, the, the fact is that's, the, that's the gig, right? right? That's, that's, that is the job. Right. That's, that's, that's what we do when we, when we become parents, uh, and it's what we accept. And, you know, we're lucky to, to have that, that job, I think. Absolutely. And like you said, you don't always get it right. You won't Definitely always not. get it right. Nope. But I think at least what I've always pictured in my head is the number one thing is to keep showing up. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. To show up the next day. Yeah. Like, you know, put in the effort, it's do a, your best. And it's and it's a partnership between you and your partner, but also between you and your kids. Yeah. And so you lean on one another when you when you need to. I love that. Jackson. Yeah. Turn that shit off. <laughs> what is Turn the difference between a village oh! and a city? Yep. So it is size. So um, let me. So I'm gonna uh, somewhere in the back of my brain. I seem to remember that a city becomes a city when the population is greater than fifty thousand. Is that at all right? I don't know where uh, I it, pulled that. It from. It doesn't have a specific. From okay. what I could find, um, it varies by state. Ah, um, okay. It has to do with location. So a village is a small community in a rural area okay. that is usually not self-governed. It is usually governed by some other nearby town or. Uh, place okay hmm. like they don't have a city hall correct the, or a village yeah a village in um a town <laughs> they may have a village in but that's different <laughs> a town is a populated area with fixed boundaries and a local government and a city is a large or important town so mm. every city is a town but not every town is a city and every village <laughs> is a village and every village is a village. and every village in has pie oh also God. true I could go for some pie right now. <laughs> Me too. Well, thank you for checking on that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's that's that that's the kind of content I'm here that's for. That's right. Good job, Jackson. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and thank you everybody for listening to another episode of From One Dad to Another, our weekly parenting podcast. Uh, Tim, I felt good about this. Thank you for the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for throwing in, and thanks for for reminding me that I needed to check with my parents about candy robbery. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear more of this show, well, you should subscribe to LAS Plus because there you can get ad-free versions of all of these shows on the podcast network. You can get bonus episodes of other shows, uh, and we have a bonus episode coming out very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, just $10 a month. 
you're supporting local support local business support local creators it's very important you're doing great work so uh and i'm proud of you whether you subscribe or not laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus and this podcast is produced and distributed by that las podcast network right here in cedar rapids iowa for more laspodcastnetwork.com every wednesday apple podcast spotify i think that's it yeah uh, Bernadette, if you're listening, I'm so sorry I punched you in the stomach. <laughs> I mean, I think you probably deserved it, but but I'm older and wiser now. Violence is not the answer. I hope that I taught you something when I punched you. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really feel bad, even though I don't even remember if your name was, was really Bernadette. But kids, don't punch people. Unless they deserve Unless it. Unless they deserve it. And even then, don't, 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 no, no. But, but defend other kids at the playground. That's the takeaway. Right. With your words. With your words. But, but, but also constructive Bernadette words. punches them in the face, you just punch her with words. <laughs> Weird. Jeez. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you, listener. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. See ya.